Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working right through the book of Romans. Today is episode 530. Look at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Let's read our passage. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He's writing this letter from Corinth on his third missionary journey. His intention is to go to Rome after he returns to Jerusalem with the collection. He's writing this letter to provide a a theological exposition of the gospel. Remember, they don't have the New Testament at this point in time, so this is the first they'll really receive in written form of anything other than just the oral gospel that they've been given so far. So he's given them some details about the gospel. He started talking about sin, the universal aspect of sin. Everybody's a sinner, guilty before God, and the only solution is forgiveness of sin, to be justified by God because of what Christ did on the cross, and that happens through faith. So we began chapter 5, and he's talking about kind of a what beyond that. Chapter 4 was all about justification by faith. Now in chapter 5, the first part, he started off talking about this justification by faith leads to hope. That is confidence in what God has done and will do. So now in verse 6, he says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Now this phrase, at the right time, not certain what he means there. Some think it's uh, the right time being while we were helpless. Others think it's more of a historical, at the right time in the history of the world, Christ died for us. And, And so we can't say for certain what his point there is. But the message is that Christ died for the ungodly. Christ didn't die for the righteous. He didn't die for those that deserved it. He didn't die for the good people. He died for sinners separated from God under condemnation. He died for the ungodly. And we were helpless. We couldn't do anything. That was the whole point of the first part of Romans is that everyone is a sinner incapable of not being a sinner, incapable of doing anything to earn God's favor. And so we were helpless. We were ungodly. And so it's an amazing thing here that Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7, rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. His point here is human love. Human love at best might die for a truly good person or someone who's deeply cared about, a family member, a fellow soldier or something like that, where you might willingly give your life for someone that meant so much to you. He says that that's rare though. 
But back to verse 6, he says, Christ, on the other hand, died for the ungodly. He didn't die for good people. He didn't die for righteous people, but for rebellious, undeserving people. So the contrast there between what Christ did and what people would do. And then verse 8, but God proves his owed love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sounds like he's kind of repeating verse 6 again, but what he's doing, he's summing up the comparison between 6 and 7, is that God's love is far greater than human love in magnitude and dependability, far greater than the greatest human love. So verse 6 is the example of God's love, 7 the example of human love at its best, he sums up in verse 8 of, so obviously God's love is much deeper, much better. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. These uh, three verses go together, and there's just kind of a format that, that keeps them together. Obviously, they go together based on the subject, but in the uh, Greek language, each sentence ends with the word die. For the ungodly, Christ died. And then verse 7, a good person might die. And then verse 8, for us, Christ died. So they, uh, the parallelism there. Now verse 9, he shifts a little bit. And what flows out of that? How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, will be saved through him from wrath? This is an argument from what is harder to what is easier. He begins with, uh, since we've now been justified by his blood. And we kind of take that as a given, but really, if you step back and think, that's really a big deal. That's a very hard thing to do. And so, to be justified by his blood, meaning to be declared righteous by God based on the death of Jesus Christ, that is a big deal. If that's a hard thing, well, then how much more will we be saved through him? from wrath. So if we can be justified based on what Jesus has done, well then, how much more? Because it's an easier thing to be saved from wrath. Now, he pointed out earlier that everyone's under the wrath of God, and the wrath of God's even now being revealed, and that there's no escape from it. Everyone's under the judgment of God. Everybody's guilty under the judgment of God. There's nothing you can do about it. And so the only solution is to be justified by his blood. In verse 10, similar kind of uh, structure to it. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, and that's the hard thing. It is an incredibly big deal for God to reconcile enemies to himself through the death of Jesus. Then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? So the hard thing is to be reconciled to God enemies of God reconciled. And so that's the hard thing. Well, then it's easier, so it'll be much more to be saved by his life. Now, a couple things here. One is verse 9 uses the term justified. And then verse 10, the term reconciled. Well, what's the difference? Well, justified is kind of a, a legal term to be declared righteous, not guilty. Reconciled is a relational term. You reconcile two parties that have been separated, estranged. And so you reconciled, you bring the relationship back together. So he uses both a legal term here, 
of guilt to innocence and a relational term from estrangement, separation to reconciliation. Now, the last phrase of verse 10, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not obvious what exactly he means by that. The best explanation I've seen is uh, something he mentions later in, in Romans 8.34, and it's also mentioned in Hebrews 7.25. The idea that Christ died, was buried, resurrected, but now lives and is making intercession for us. That is, he's interceding on our behalf to the Father for the forgiveness of our sins. That goes along with this idea of reconciliation. It's not just we're declared innocent of the guilt based on faith and what Jesus did on the cross, but it's an ongoing relationship now. Part of that relationship is Jesus, God the Son, interceding on our behalf to God the Father. That's an ongoing thing. And then verse 11, and not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Here he is talking about boasting again. He mentions boasting frequently. In a negative way, too, it should be boasting about yourself and your own accomplishments, but we do boast in God's accomplishments. We boast in what God has done. We boast in the hope we have in God. We boast in the confidence we have in God. And here he says, we boast in God himself through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So the point here is the idea of reconciliation. It's an interesting feature is this idea of reconciliation. I like to use that term when we're talking about coming to Christ in faith. There's a, a legal aspect of it. You're guilty. You deserve condemnation because of your sin. And to come to faith in Christ and be justified by faith, be declared innocent, that's a good thing. But the idea of reconciliation means we were separated from God because of sin relationally, but we've now been reconciled, brought into a relationship with God. Of course, the Bible uses a lot of relational terms, like the idea of adoption, that God has adopted us as his children when he reconciled us to himself. And that's where Christianity is kind of alone in uh, world religions. Some of them have some sense of how are you declared righteous at the end, and it's usually based on some kind of works. You did enough to where the good outweighs the bad. Christianity doesn't say that. It says, well, you can't. But the good news is God has already done it, so you can be declared righteous, innocent of God's judgment, but also this idea of reconciliation, not just declared innocent where you don't receive the wrath of God, but actually brought into a, a relationship with him. And that is something unique to Christianity. So the idea of justification by faith through the blood of Jesus Christ, but also reconciliation with God through what Christ has done on the cross. And then the ongoing aspect of, and even now, Christ didn't just rise from the dead. He lives now and intercedes for us continually. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Romans 7-10.